Spirit in Action. My name is Mark Helpsmeet. Each week, I'll be bringing you stories of people living lives of fruitful service, of peace, community, compassion, creative action, and progressive efforts. I'll be tracing the spiritual roots that support and nourish them in their service, hoping to inspire and encourage you to sink deep roots and produce sacred fruit in your own life. Let us sing song for the dreaming of the world. We've got a wonderful, talented performer and a thoughtful, profound, and humorous worker for the world's improvement here today for Spirit in Action. Peter Alsop is a musician with a Ph.D. in educational psychology. His music and presentations have addressed the wide range of concerns and possibilities for healing the world, including things like violence, equality, health, addiction, and many more issues. And his latest CD dovetails with the work of an organization called Up the River Endeavors, trying to find remedies for the causes of our social ills. Peter Alsop joins us today from Topanga, California. Peter, I am so excited to have you back for Spirit in Action, and I think this is the fourth time. It's nice to be back with you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) You know I love your music. I've loved it ever since I first heard you in 1980, and through all of the changes you've gone in your music. Let's mention something about that. You started out doing adult-oriented folk music with, let's say, a little bit of a juvenile spirit in it. You then transitioned to doing young people's music and speaking presentation for, what, 24 years? It's some long time. This is your second adult-oriented CD in just the last couple years. So talk about that transition, what you went from to and where you're at now. Let me talk about the very first album I did. I did a lot of humor. It was a live album at the Ice House in California, Pasadena, in 1975. It was my first album. There was a song in there called Strength that I wrote, which is about my parents, my father being very strong and my mother being somebody who is more likely to acquiesce about stuff. And first verse was about my dad and the next verse was about my mom. And then my mom and dad had divorced. And I wrote a third verse that said how my mom has gotten stronger from being on her own and my dad has learned to be more gentle in his way, but it was totally a lie. You know, my mother was still dealing with some of her stuff, and my dad was still walking on people's feelings. And, and I knew that the first one tied it up nicer and was a nicer song if I wanted to do something that was commercial, and the second one was more real. And I said, I don't want to have to sing this song and know that it's not the truth every time I sing it, just because it looks like a nice package. So I went with the more true version, and that set me on a path for doing that kind of thing, as opposed to trying to write hit songs, which a lot of young writers feel like you've got to write a hit song, so then I'll get famous, and then I can write what I want. And I saw the error of that way of thinking. So I've done a lot of truth writing. Then my next adult album was called Asleep at the Helm, and it was all feminist stuff because I had a feminist girlfriend, and I was constantly learning lessons, which I was going, oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. 
and I'd write a funny song about it to help some other poor schmuck not have to worry about going through all the same stuff I just went through to learn that lesson. Maybe he or she would pick it up. So I had a bunch of adult albums, mostly on Flying Fish. And when I started having kids, one of my kids would do something that was funny, and I'd learn a lesson as a parent from what my child had just done. My first album, my daughter walked up and said, Dad, can I give you a kiss? And I said, oh, sure, honey, how sweet. And she licked me. I said, don't lick your dad. I went, ooh, it sounds like a kid's song. So I wrote a song called Don't Lick Your Dad, and if you fool him, he'll get mad. So the, the, what I started having is much more success with my kids' songs because everybody likes the sense of humor and, you know, the little... I write from a kid's perspective a lot of times because it gives the adults something to think about. Where an awful lot of... Probably 85% of my kids' albums material is covert parenting information where parents going, oh, I do that, don't I? Maybe I ought to cut that out. So they've been very successful, and I could see from when I was doing the kids' stuff that um, there's an issue of some people not, I guess what I'll mention, I'll go into, the, it was Richard Nixon won 49 states and George McGovern won one. And I'm thinking, what is it about people that they don't see that this president is pretty crooked? He's not telling the truth. He's got all sorts of other things up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to work with the kids. So a lot of my songs are about open-mindedness and about caring and about justice issues, which kids get real clearly. And you said something about adolescent approach. I See, I use the term elementary. They're called elementary schools because the kids are the elements of who we are as adults. And I would go around and last, it's been 40 years I've been doing this stuff. I lecture, I have a PhD in educational psychology, but I go out to Fortune 500 companies and do middle management training and talk about how if you're having a difficulty with one of your managers and you can see the little boy or little girl, more likely the little boy inside, who's having trouble or scared of something and that's why they're doing this out-of-balance behavior, then you realize it's not necessarily personal and you've got some other information about how to proceed so that you don't trigger that little boy who's upset and scared and you might be able to be more successful in your interactions. So by looking at kids as the elements of who we are as adults, so I've done that with my kids' albums. There's been probably 23, 24 albums out now. Recently, I've been looking at the world again and going, you know, when I was doing kids' albums, I could write a single song like My Body's Nobody's Body But Mine. It's actually saved some children's lives. It could really be succinct and be effective. And as I'm looking at the world now, I'm seeing things that are so convoluted and connected with our financial system and the neocon type of mentality and the split between poor people and rich people and the lack of social justice in so many areas and that I felt I got to start writing some stuff for grown-ups now. I've done a lot of stuff for kids and those kids have grown up and these grown 30-year-old kids of ours, they're going to have to inherit this world. And I want to have people pay attention more to some of the stuff that's going on for us people in the baby boom generation. The latest CD, the one that you've just come out with, is River of Life. And this is connected with your connection with Mal Jones and Up the River Endeavors. Tell us what that is. Mal Jones is this wonderfully eccentric friend of mine. He's been involved with the feminist movement for years. He's an engineer. And he was instrumental way, golly, 40, 45, 50 years ago back in L.A., the L.A. Feminist Women's Health Center, Carol Downer, was women were starting to take their own health into their own hands, and they were doing menstrual extractions because they weren't really abortions, and you didn't even have to be pregnant. You could just do a menstrual extraction with a cannula, which would go in, go through the Oz, and remove the lining of the uterus before you menstruated. And if you were pregnant, or if you did have a zygote that had attached to the side of your womb, you might not even know it yet, but you wouldn't have to worry about going to full term with a baby if you didn't want to, and you might not even know that that was the case. 
and Mal fixed the cannula so that the suction and stuff like that, so they weren't too strong, wouldn't be harmful for women, and, and he did a lot of that work. So we've known each other for a really long time through the National Organization of Men Against Sexism group that I've been involved with. And Mal has a large family foundation that he was giving away money to people, worthy cause organizations, other feminist women's health centers, it would be a Mother Jones magazine. Mal was seeing the world go awry and worried about the number of people all over the planet that, and the asymptotic way that we're growing in population and needed some help, couldn't figure it out himself. So he brought all these people in and he was giving them donations every year. And he said at one point, you know, every year I give you guys money for pulling babies out of the river that are floating down the river. You help people all the time. And he said, but and you come back the next year and you need more money for pulling babies out of the river. And he said, it's that story about the three wise people that were sitting by the river and saw babies floating down and they pulled a couple of them out. And they said, oh, to the third wise person, well, go save that baby. And the third wise person said, I can't. I'm going upstream to find out why they're falling in. He said, I need help from you people who are doing all this kind of good social work out in the world to figure out why babies are falling in. So he set up a wonderful situation with the foundation where he has us gather in Martha's Vineyard every year and would give people grants and say, but 20% of the money I give you, you can't spend it for business as usual. You got to use it for up the river. You got to do stuff collaborating with each other. I'm looking for reasons why we're in the situation we're in so we can address the root causes of this. And it was really remarkable because some organizations didn't want to have anything to do with that. So they would depart. And Mal also wanted to get the, the highest ranking woman official in the organization to come and work because women's mandate is more to try to, um, there's a woman named Judith Hand, I think I mentioned this in the album somewhere, but Judith is an anthropologist and she says a woman's biological mandate is to get her kids to be old enough to bear children. So her genes can stay in the gene pool. It isn't something you really think of consciously. It's just the way that we're built because it's been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years with our ancestors. Man's biological mandate is to spread as much sperm as possible so that their genes can stay in the gene pool. So consequently, when there's resources available, men tend to use it to make themselves look more important so they can look more attractive to women and have more sex. And women tend to want to build infrastructure and be around people that can protect their kids so that their kids can get to be appropriate of age. So Mal said, we need women to come to the forefront now is what I'm looking for here so that we can organize and take a look at this stuff and see what we can do about population, what we can do about a lot of the social issues. And he said, I don't know. I'm expecting you guys to come up with it. So for the last 12 years or so, we've been meeting once a year out in Martha's Vineyard. And we talk about stuff and we share information. I'm very, very lucky to be part of this group because it's just informed me wonderfully. And I've met incredible people that are doing wonderful work. And I wrote a bunch of songs about some of the things at Feminist Women's Health Centers. There's a group called Hollaback, which is preventing street harassment and building an organization around the world. There's Gene Sharp of the Albert Einstein Institute that comes up, has materials on how to nonviolently overthrow dictators. There's a bunch of these songs I just felt like I should do something about helping to publicize the other people in this group. So I wrote a bunch of songs for them, and I figured I want to put this on an album just because folks need to know these groups are there. It's a great album, folks. Go to peteralsop.com, and you'll find a link to it. Get it right away, and I think your life will be richer for it. You talked about the babies in the river, so why don't we listen to the title track, River of Life is the song. This will put the whole thing in perspective. Here it is, River of Life by Peter Alsop. We're floating down the river of life together. Some float better than others. Yes, it's true. Floating down the river of life together You 
Just too late But I cannot sit here and wait to die Cause we're floating down the river of life together Some folk better than others, yes it's true Floating down the river of life together You help me and I help you Some of us went upstream to get to the bottom Found a lot of folks who don't know what to do Scared and lonely just like us They don't want to make a fuss But there's just too many cracks where kids fall through So we're changing the way the story's going By teaching kids and families how to swim Cause it's really hard to drown With everyone around So we're swimming all together Jump on in Now we're swimming down the river of life together Some swim better than others Yes, it's true Swimming down the river of life together Swim with me, I'll swim with you Singing down the river of life together Some sing better than others, yes it's true Singing down the river of life together Sing with me, I'll sing with you Let's try dancing Dancing down the river of life together Some dance better than others, yes it's true Dancing down the river of life together Dance with me, I'll dance with you Swimming one more time We're swimming down the river of life together Some swim better than others, yes it's true Swimming down the river of life together You help me and I'll help you
the title track of Peter Alsop's latest release, River of Life. He's talking about various aspects of this world that need healing, and he's talking about his connection to Mal Jones and Up the River Endeavors. You'll find a link on northernspiritradio.org. Babies in the river, yes, let's deal with the problem up front. And when you know when you talk about health, GMO Cafe is one of the songs on there. I don't think we'll listen to it right now, but people can get River of Life and then they can hear it. But yeah, GMOs, we're putting something in the stream and something's going to happen downstream and we're not at all sure what it does. We're experimenting on ourselves. You want to mention a few words, though, about GMO Cafe? Well, I will. And I think it's also relevant to, I was trying to figure out, as everybody else at Up the River Endeavors was saying, what are the root causes and what can we do? And I'm a believer that the last album I did, before River of Life for Adults, was called Disciples of Perfection. And some of the concepts that I wrote songs about in that album also came out of Up the River, though I wasn't as explicit about Up the River organization as I was with River of Life. The Disciples of Perfection, it's something, again, that a male brain does. We put together... I'm going to answer your question about the GMOs. I'm getting there. But, but we put together <laughs> a concept that, that says, wouldn't it be wonderful if things are this way? Hey, honey, look at this. It'd be great. And this works here and this works here. And the male brain does that a lot. And the women are going, yes, dear, that's a, hold that thought. I'll be right back. You've got to feed the kids. And there's nothing wrong with having that kind of way of being in the world and men thinking that way. The problem is when men take what power they have and try to force real life to fit with their image of how it should be. That's what extremism is, religious extremism or nationalism, that kind of stuff where there's a concept that doesn't quite fit real life. So by golly, we're going to force everyone to do that. That's where the problem comes from. So as I was thinking about this stuff with River of Life, I realized that one of the things that I don't do very easily, as most men I know and some women, is embracing the chaos of the world. We look at the world and we're trying to organize it a lot of times, trying to make sense out of what we see, what our experience is. You ever go out to the woods and you go, wow, what a mess out here, y'all. Let's get all these twigs over here and put the flowers (laughs) over there. You know, it's like instead of going, this is incredible, it's chaotic, and I'm okay sitting amidst this because I can experience some stuff. I don't have to try to organize it and control it because it's not my job to do all of that. One of the things about the River of Life songs talks about we're floating down the river together is how do we just keep pulling babies out who are in trouble as opposed to jumping in with them. So it's all of us doing something together. It's the power of community. It's the power of family. Uh, What happens is, is that when we start pitting each other, one country against the other, or one person, people of certain color against another people of certain color, that we're not looking at the stuff that can save us and can help us in trying times that happen inevitably to all of us. So what you brought up about the GMO Cafe is it's not that. I'm willing to bet you that there's people that work for Monsanto and other places that are into genetically modified foods that don't eat them themselves. It's like fracking. A lot of the people that frack don't frack in their neighborhood because they don't want to lose their property values if the water table gets screwed up. It's outsiders that come in and do it because of making money, that you can make money this way. And some of them do, of course. But there's story after story about people that go, you know, I just didn't know. I'm sorry that I did that about so many different things. And we need to err these days on the side of caution, even just to say, let's make sure that these things are not going to screw up as much as we can. And let's embrace the chaos of going, it seems like we don't know exactly what's happening. But if we all jump in the river, okay. If we have genetically modified organisms, I'm willing to say, let's take a look at that. 
but rather than putting them on the market and selling them, because the GMO Cafe song was about a friend of mine who sells organic seeds and works on helping people have heirloom crops and things that haven't been genetically altered by humans in order to sell them so they have a longer shelf life or whatever else they might be or so that they can take Roundup and not die so that they can spread Roundup around and everything else dies but you're in corn because it's been genetically modified. She said she went out to a cafe one time. This is a true story. She sat down and she said, are there GMOs in the food? And somebody said, GMOs? Gee, I don't know. Well, they went and they asked the chef, and nobody knew about GMOs. So I'm just thinking, I'm not even necessarily opposed to GMOs. What I am is I want more information about this stuff before we start trying it on ourselves. And a lot of the people that I think are making a lot of money, I don't think are probably going to feed that stuff to their kids until there's more information. So... That's the stuff that I wrote about in the GMO Cafe that we're not going to play right now, but you would hear. I also have a song called It's Just Capital. It has to do with the same kind of thing. What kind of thing? About taking a look at the systems that we're organized within that have to do with individual people making a lot of money and not looking at doing stuff communally. I'm not a big fan, Mark, as you know, of labels. Like, for instance, if you call someone a spoiled child, I go, okay, that doesn't help me because if I think about something that's spoiled, I think of meat that's spoiled. So what do you want to do with spoiled meat? You want to throw it away. What do you want to do with a spoiled kid? You throw them away. And I'm going, that doesn't help me as a human service professional. Give me some verbs. Tell me what this kid is doing because that I can work with. If the kid's probably doing the best they know how to to get whatever it is they need, and if I can give them some new verbs, I can show them some other ways to do that, you won't have such a reaction to them to call them spoiled anymore. They'll be more successful at doing some stuff. So labels don't really help. What happens is in Just Capital is I saw a woman after a hurricane, I think it was in Staten Island or something that had come through, and she was crying because her whole house was just decimated. And her grown children were standing there with her, and she was crying and talking to one of the TV reporters. She says, I, I've lost everything. I have no reason to live anymore. And I'm thinking, wow, this lady bought a bill of goods from somebody. She's got these kids standing there. They've got their grandchildren. She has no reason to live anymore. Is because she doesn't have her things that were not somebody. Imagine how sad it is for someone to feel like you're not somebody. You have no reason to be alive. This precious gift that we have for however long we have it. I mean, I think we're here to learn lessons. And yeah, it sucks. No question about it. But now you get up and say, okay, where do I go from here? What am I supposed to be learning? How do we do this? It's the verbs. It's the stuff that we do, the behaviors that we have. And how do we live with the fact that there are chaotic things around us? The capitalistic system doesn't allow for that a lot of times. It's about making as much money as possible and not doing stuff communally, not valuing love and caring about each other in ways that are communal. It requires, gee, I love my family. I'm a capitalist. I want to make as much money as possible so my family can have resources that other people don't get. Some of the workers don't get those kind of resources. It's the things we need to be thinking about our part in supporting systems that are not sustainable and not working very well. And capitalism is one of them. So let's listen to Just Capital. It's off Peter Alsop's newest release, River of Life. The other night I had a dream, seems like yesterday. Fire and flood ran through my home, swept all my things away. The stuff I own lay scattered, every single thing. I sat there in the rubble, and this voice began to sing. It's just capital. All the stuff you own is just capital. Now your capital's all gone. It's just capital. It was more stuff than you need. It's just capital. And you are still alive, you see. It's just capital. Just capital. 
Thought I was going crazy This had to be a dream The whole thing seemed so real But I could not even scream I'm no capitalist But without my stuff, I'm dead And that voice began to sing again In my head It's just capital Insecure securities It's just capital See the forest, not the trees It's just capital You've been lost in the woods It's just capital You've been sold a bill of goods It's just capital Just Woke up in a cold sweat, tried to write this down. There are certain things we have to have if we're gonna stick around. Food and clothing on our backs and the money bankers loan us. But I wonder if it's possible, can the things that we own, own us? It's just capital. Now I think I understand. It's just capital. What I own's not who I am. It's just capital. We can never get enough. It's just capital. But I don't need all this stuff. It's just capital. Just capital. As long as we're alive, there is hope and we go on. It's the people who we love that help us make it through the dawn. The outstretched hand, the gentle touch, loving things that people do. Community, not capital, is what will pull us through. It's just capital. If my capital is gone, it's just capital. Well, hey, my life can still go on. It's just capital. Yes, God gave me a shove. It's just capital. So now I invest in love. Invest in love. Can we invest in love? Well, that was just capital. And again, it's on River of Life CD. You're relating to different aspects of how we're going to make this world a better place. So, Just Capital is one of them. I've got some questions about that, but first I want to remind our listeners that you are listening to Spirit in Action. This is a Northern Spirit Radio production, and we're on the web at northernspiritradio.org, and that's ORG like inorganic as opposed to GMOs. So... (laughs) On that website, you'll find nine and a half years of our programs, free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests. So when you want to find Upriver Endeavors or Peter Alsop, you can find that on northernspiritradio.org. There's a place for comments. We love two-way communication. It's good that you listen to us, but your voice is important. So please post a comment when you visit and look at other people's comments. There's also a place to donate. We need your support. So you can click on support and donate to us. That is how we fund this endeavor. I especially want to remind you to support your local community radio station. They provide a slice of news and music that you get just nowhere else on the American airwaves. So start by supporting them. 
Again, our guest today is Peter Alsop, the latest album, River of Life, about up the river endeavors. And we just spoke about Just Capital. And there's something that you said in the introduction to that, Peter, that I wanted to follow up on because it really is at the very root of why I do these radio programs. Why do Spirit in Action? What song of the soul got to do with it? For me, in terms of healing the world, we have to build strong communities. And I think we're used to fairly superficial communities. I think of the way that unions used to support each other. Unions did a lot of good, and I think they probably hurt a number of people too, but I think especially they did a lot of good and built much about which is really good in the United States. But we don't have that sense of locking arms. Who's got your back? What are your best examples? What are the places you see where there's really tight community, people who really have each other's backs? Well, if you hold up your hand and look at the five fingers, and we see them as some sort of hierarchical individuals, the first finger, and family is the second, and organizations are the third, and societies are the fourth, and global stuff is the fifth. I think that there's an awful lot of what we learn in individual and family, compassion and support are lessons that we can start losing when we get into an organization, and that we and we see some of the kinds of difficulties in organizations echoed in society and globally. Like, do you know what triangulation is, Mark? Have you ever heard of that? Sure, I know what it is. Okay, so for your listeners, if there's somebody's not familiar, it's like if my dad calls me up and says, "Hey, Peter, I want to tell you something about your sister, but don't tell her I told you, okay?" And he goes, "Sure, Dad." And he tells me, "Wow, really?" And he says, "Yeah, no, don't tell her." I said, "Oh, okay, bye." Click, ring. Hi, it's your sister. Did Dad say anything to you about me? Well, now I have to either lie to my father or lie to my sister. So, And who put me in that position? I did by agreeing with my dad. Do we see that happening in families? Absolutely. But if I learn to say to my dad, Dad, if you want to tell me something about my sister, go ahead, but I'm not going to guarantee I won't bring it up. So if that's a problem, don't tell me because I really don't want to know, which isn't the truth. I'm dying to know, but I'm trying to stick up for myself so I don't get into that situation. And do you see triangulation in organizations? Do you see it societally and globally? Absolutely. The stuff that we learn in the, the smaller areas of how to support each other and how to take care of each other and how to have someone's back. There's times when you have someone's back, but there's other times if you love someone, you say, you know, I'd love to have your back on this one, but I don't think that you did the right thing there. I think it's a problem. And it's hard for me to support you in that because of what you did and how you did it. It's the same thing with organizations. When do you speak up? If you speak up to someone who's in power in the organization, you can get fired, and it can be really scary to lose your job. But then there's a the question, do I want to work for a place where they do this stuff to other people, where they do stuff that's not okay? Or do I speak up because I care about the organization? Or and if you look at the next finger of the country, people like Ed Snowden and Chelsea Manning, people that speak up and say, that wasn't okay and I need to say something about it, but now I'm going to be in prison for the rest of my life or killed because I said it because other people want to frame me in some kind of a form that says that I'm looking for self-advancement when in fact I'm just concerned about it and there's no dialogue about it. So in terms of what do I think about support, I think that there's a concerted move between people that are disciples of perfection who want it the way they want it and they want to control it. It's a way of seeing the world and they're sincere about it and they have some validity to some of the things that they're doing. But it's run from fear. I'm afraid that I have to be the one that's in charge. Women and children automatically are emotional and do things that they shouldn't do. So I'm going to be in charge and tell them what to do and whoever else I can tell what to do. It tends to be one way of living. The other way is a style that says, you know, the world's scary out there and I want my kids to have skills because I'm not always going to be around. So i got to let them try things. As long as they're not going to get killed doing it, I'm going to want them to try on their own, even if I disagree with it, because that's how they're going to learn and build those skills themselves. 
And that's part of the living with chaos around us and understanding that and not trying to always organize and control stuff. I still end up with this question. What I'm seeing in our country right now is a lack of an effective coalition to move the country in a good direction because I think, as you know, on perhaps the liberal end of the spectrum, there is much of a tendency to prevent each other's good agendas from going forward because it doesn't quite match our own. I think that in the 50 years that I've been watching politics in particular, I've seen people who march together being much more effective. And that's not necessarily because they're right, but I guess that which wins, wins. Recently, this past week, a lot of people evidently are losing their food benefits because the coalition, the people working together, who's got your back, doesn't work as well in protection of their good. Well, an awful lot of it, I agree. And I think there's a bunch of things about getting on the streets and marching and talking to each other. There was a thing when a bunch of the Hispanic kids went out on a march in Los Angeles here, and one of the radios was interviewing one of the kids. He said, come on, you're just trying to get out of school, are you? And he goes, yeah, man, some of my friends are, but I'm not. You know, I remember what Zapata and those people said, if you, you walk together, you talk together, and maybe I can teach some of my friends about the importance of some of the stuff that they're just trying to get out of school now, but they're going to learn some stuff. I thought that was great. It's the same thing I've seen people at Peace March just spanking their children for misbehaving. I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's wrong with this picture? The thing about difference between the left and the right, the right is trying to maintain the status quo by controlling it. And the left is splintered because there's 500,000 different ways to think about how the future might be. There isn't one unified thought about let's keep things like they are. It's like it could be this way. No, it could be this way. It could be that way. And there's all sorts of issues with how do we learn how to do that. And so we're, a lot of times we're just talking about tactics. How do we make the world a better place? And there's people who want to maintain the status quo. And even me, sometimes I go, you know, I don't think that's such a bad idea. It just needs some tweaking. We need to do it a little bit differently, maybe. But it's working over here. And having that dialogue is what's important. And there's a song on the album called Me and You that I wrote. It's about just exactly that thing. What happens is when we lose the dialogue, we lose the ability to talk to each other because people... You know, I was talking about labels before, and I've said to my audiences sometimes, I bet there's some Christians here. You don't have to stand up. We'll find out who you are in a minute. But let me ask you, would you raise your hand if you've ever seen another Christian coming towards you and you wanted to go the other way? And people start laughing and raising their hands. And it's not because of the label of who you are. It's about how that person does their Christianity, the verb again. They do it without any concern for the people around them. They're just pushing their own agenda. And that's why those other Christians don't want to be around them. It's the same thing when you're having dialogues with people who have a different idea. And a lot of the right-wing talk radio hosts vilify and label people in ways that doesn't... Not that left-wing people are, can also be closed-minded too, certainly. But my song, Me and You, says, you don't have to see it my way, but I want you to see my way. Because if you can see my way, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. I just want you to see it. Because we can't have a dialogue if you don't at least see what the nobility of my purpose is, why I think this is a good idea. You don't have to agree. And I, you know what? If you're going to take the time to do that, I, want to, I don't want to do it your way necessarily right now. I don't want to see it your way. But I want to see your way and see why you think that's a good idea. Because now we're going to be able to talk. So I wrote a song called Me and You, which I think is important about that. If you've been through what I've been through, if you grew up like me, then you would do what I do, instead of what you do, you see. If what happened to you happened to me, and I'd know your world, it's true. And that's scary for me, maybe you agree, my way is scary for you. You don't need to see it my way, if you can see my way. Can you find some part of you when you see me? I don't need to see it your way 
I can see your way. Show me what you want me to see. When we know we're right and the other one's wrong, no one's gonna win this war. I thought a lot and I wrote this song. Been down this road before. There's no way out when we yell and shout. We know this fight was no fun. We may seem different, but we act the same. Nothing changes, nothing gets done. You don't need to see it my way. If you can see my way, can you find some part of you when you see me? And I don't need to see it your way. If I can see your way, so show me what you want me to see. I need to try your shoes. It might not fit, but I'm gonna sit here and listen until you're through. I hear your story and you hear mine. Gotta come up with something new. It's only gonna stop if we find a way. It comes down to me and you. Don't need to see it my way. If you can see my way. Can you find some part of you when you see me? I don't need to see it your way. If I can see your way, please show me what you want me to see. It's me and you, just you and me. Peter Alsop, Me and You, from River of Life, just released. Find the link to it from nordenspiritradio.org. Me and You, Peter. You don't have to see it my way, you just have to see my way. Is this one of the things that you talk about? I mean, you've dealt with Fortune 500 companies and with schools. I assume that's one of the issues you've been pointing out over the years. I've certainly talked about verbs and nouns and preference for verbs are something you can do something about and with also has to do, but I haven't used it, I haven't spoken about it exactly in that way that came up recently. I said it and I went, wow, I think that's good, I can use that. The verbs and nouns thing has just been very, very helpful because if we can, it's like kids that have low self-esteem or low self-worth think, I'm just bad, I'm just a bad kid. They hang on to the label. And it makes sense that if you're a bad kid, then why not just go ahead and keep being bad? You're used to it. You're familiar with it, even if it's uncomfortable and you get in trouble. But if you did something that wasn't okay, that's actually empowering because you can change what you do, but you can't change who you are. So if you're seen as, and you also see yourself as a labeled thing, you're a terrorist or you're a communist or you're a, or you're a right-winger even, that, you know, whatever it might be, those kind of labels don't help us 
appreciate the humanness in the other person and have a discussion about how we're doing what we're doing because that's what's informative and that's what runs the world and that's how we can change things is by altering how we're doing some of the things we're doing. Well, one thing that you include a lot of is humor of various sorts. By approaching something lightly, you find a way in. One of the songs from many years ago is Hopelessly Heterosexual. I love that song. It Turning the focus, looking at it from the other side. And it's like, yeah, please be my best friend. Don't hold it against me. Yikes. <laughs> Seeing it from the other side is just wonderful. Your humor. And you include some on this CD as well. I mean, we've seen hints of humor in what's been coming so far, but how about blowing us out with another topic that you approach humorously? Well, uh, you've been listening to the album, which I really appreciate. There's a couple that I used to, uh, humor on. There's a woman named Emily May who runs a group called Hollaback. It's iHollaback.com, which I even put into the song. But I was trying to think of some way, because it's about stopping street harassment. You know, it seems like it's a team kind of a thing. You know, it's just, oh, hey, baby, or whatever. If you're a guy, it's, what's a big deal? I'm telling her how much I like her. You know, I'm like, hey, you got a cute butt, you know, and I, you don't have to do anything. But it so weighs on women to go out on the road. My, my girlfriend, so again, 45 years ago, we were living in New York, and I said, come on, you're a feminist. It's your turn to go down and get the newspaper. She goes, you have no idea why you should do it instead of me. And I go, well, no, because I did it already. And she goes, well, just here, follow me, about 20 paces behind me. I said, okay. I took the challenge. And I went down, and the landscape was so different for her. She wasn't dressed in any way that was provocative. But the little flower seller on the corner was making lewd sounds with his mouth at her and stuff like that. And she was getting ogled and stuff. And I was going, God, that sucks. It doesn't happen to me. I didn't, it wasn't my experience of the world. And so I've been a feminist for a bunch of years because I'm looking at some of the things that women happen to them, their experience in the world, as well as I can as a man, and going, that's not okay. Basically, the most, I think the oldest power differential is men forcing women to do things because they're bigger and stronger instead of having some equity about our equal humanity on the planet. It also happens to kids get forced to do stuff all the time. So street harassment is at the base of so many of the kinds of things that we run into with all the rapes, which I don't think have slowed down. One out of three young women sexually abused by the time they're 18. I've been saying that statistic for the last 40 years. That doesn't seem to have changed. It's about us men taking a look at what's our behavior. Where does that leave us when we use certain language about women? And so stopping street harassment is a really important thing. And it's important that we know how to do it in our personal lives. Remember those, those five things that we were talking about, the individual family, but also organizationally, we stop harassment and societally and say it's not okay to do that. The minute you're demeaning someone because of your own issues and making them smaller than instead of looking at what they do or who, what they can do, you're limiting them by seeing them as a piece of meat or a sexual object. And not okay. It's something that we can work on because it doesn't come naturally. So I wrote a song called Hollaback that I didn't really write the music to. I borrowed it from the old song Lollipop, and I rewrote the lyrics, and I tried to make it commercial. I know people on the left have great ideas, but they're not so good at advertising sometimes. So I wrote a couple of jingles. One was for iHollaback.com, and Emily's got an organization have a whole bunch of different people from all over the world, young women that have gotten together, started in all the, probably, I don't know how many different, 42 countries, maybe more than that now, where they've got... Uh, little chapters of Hollaback where they're working to organize locally to stop street harassment and make a place where women can talk to each other online, tell their stories that don't get told, and invite men to participate in and let's stop this stuff that we're doing is taking advantage of people in this way. Hollaback. Hollaback, Hollaback, oh holla, holla, 
treats me like a piece of meat. I want to hit him with a big fat stone, but I take his picture with my phone and put it on. Holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back. Oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back. Oh holla, 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 holla back. Don't be a dumb dumb. We're telling stories instead of being alone. We got computers and we got cell phones. We've got a global movement growing here, and we refuse to be oppressed by fear. 'Cause we are holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back. Bum bum bum. We know you're horny. You have made it clear. But it is not our job to help you, dear. You're still a boy who doesn't understand. So go home and, honey, use your hand in private. Holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back. No means no, Joe. You wanna know why you don't turn us on? Log on to iHollaback.com. And read the story, see if you relate. You can change your ways. It's, It's not too late to join us on. Holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back. Do right tonight. We're stopping street harassment, me and you. Straight in L and G and B and D and Q. Every color, man and woman, every shape and size. Holla back has got us organized. Hooray for holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back, oh holla, 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 holla back, holla back. It's a vast improvement on the lyrics for the original Lollipop song. Hollaback by Peter Alsop, and you'll find it on River of Life. Again, Peter, what you're doing on this is this is kind of fruits of many of the ways of thinking about improving the world that you've run into in your work with Mal Jones and Up the River Endeavors. So, what kind of efforts have they? Is Hollaback one of those things that's supported by Up the River Endeavors? What kind of things do they actually end up supporting? Well, they've done tons and tons of different organizations over the years. They support a couple of feminist women's health centers, the Atlanta Feminist Women's Health Center and Feminist Women's Health Centers of California, where they provide full service care for、uh, women in the community. Well, there's just one of my songs called "We're Here for You," which, which is exactly about that. There's a group called the Albert Einstein Institute, which supports a man that's a work named、uh, Gene Sharp. Dr. Gene Sharp is a teacher at Harvard, who's for 40 years been working on looking at how people have used nonviolent means to overthrow dictators, and how much more successful that is than trying to overthrow dictators by using this, their same means, which is guns and violence and fear. They worked with, they supported Mother Jones magazine, and they've supported Jane Goodall Institute, and there's just been tons of stuff, and tons of the National Organization of Men Against Sexism, the National Women's Health Network, which takes a look at some of the kinds of medicines and thinks that pharmaceuticals say this is really good, but they haven't done good research on it, solid research, and so they're forced things、uh, like hormonal therapy and stuff on women when sometimes there's side effects that have not been proven. So the National Women's Health Center is watchdogs that. So many important topics and good work to address. Much of it sung about on your latest CD. 
How about one more topic and song to finish off this Spirit in Action episode? What should we play and why? We could play Let's Not Do This Anymore, which is something that came from me seeing, hearing some domestic violence going on in a tent next to us, and I didn't want to go out and get involved in particular, but they were being violent with each other, and I wanted to go out and just witness, so I stood there. But I also, I talked to my audiences, would you ever see a kid getting hit in a supermarket? And raise your hand if you know what to do to intervene. And, and I'm talking to a room full of human service professionals, the hands don't go up, because that's happened to a lot of us. You're afraid if you intervene some way that's not effective, the kid will get hurt worse. Same thing in domestic violence. So sometimes just witnessing, just going, being there. And I wrote a song called Let's Not Do This Anymore, which is thinking about how do you intervene in some way so that we don't make the person who's doing the behavior we don't like the other. We say include ourselves. And so don't you do this anymore. It's like let's not do this because us men do these things. Let's not just use our power to force ourselves and our ideas on other people. Let's not do this. It's not getting us anywhere. Let's be inclusive. Let's not do this anymore. Asleep late at night in a crowded campsite Crash woke me up, then a scream and a curse Outside my tent, couple having a fight I went out, but it only got worse She yelled in his face, then he shoved her down Threatened to hit her if she did it again I was scared, but I stood my ground He stared back, we got a problem here, friend I said... Let's not do this anymore Maybe where you're from You can hit someone But hitting someone Never settles a score So let's not do this anymore Then she yelled at me too With tears in her eyes it's none of your business, so go away. He stepped up twice my size, and the only thing I could think to say was, Let's not do this anymore. Some men think this is what women are for, but it's not true, and you know it too. Well, let's not do this anymore He cocked his head, clenched his hand I don't need lessons from a jerk like you Maybe not, but I understand You'd be doing this better if you knew what to do Let's not do this anymore If you're really that strong then pass it along Hitting's not What people are for So hey Let's not do this As they walked away And I'm not sure But through their open window I thought I heard him say Let's not do this 
anymore That dude's right Hey, I don't want to fight This kind of stuff Is what turns into war So let's not do this anymore Let's just not do this anymore That's the last song we're sharing today by Peter Alsop from his River of Life CD. You obviously went up to someone in the tent and said, let's not do this anymore. Did you literally say those words? I did not. What I did do is he was threatening and they were drinking and I just, I didn't do that. It was, I thought about it afterwards and that's what made me write the song was, and as I started writing is I wanted to tell him it's not okay to do that. And that I understood the frustrations and stuff, but unless you sit down and think about what kind of behaviors to take beforehand. So it's about thinking and talking about this with friends, figuring out what kind of things they would do, and just having that dialogue so that you have more tools in your toolbox when you run into this so that it isn't like new and fresh and you have no idea what to do, you've never even thought about it. There's not easy solutions, but they're certainly closer to possible solutions if we actually prepare for it, which is also what I like so much about Gene Sharp's book. And again, that, that song would be a good book. You'll hear it on the CD, River of Life, along with many other thought-provoking approaches that will get you to see how we can make this a better world. There's so many different areas where, Peter Alsop, you've been giving us valuable food for thought for so many years. I thank you so much for holding up the example of Mal Jones and Up the River Endeavors and continuing to produce fun music that makes my life so much better. Thank you so much, Peter. Thanks, Mark. Find Peter and his music at peteralsop.com or follow the link from nordenspiritradio.org, and we'll see you next week for Spirit in Action. The theme music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. This Spirit in Action program is an effort of Northern Spirit Radio. You can listen to our programs and find links and information about us and our guests on our website, northernspiritradio.org. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I welcome your comments and stories of those leading lives of spiritual fruit. May you find deep roots to support you and grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. With every voice.